world makes me tired Praising my own name leaves me tired so much more than my family I know it's not happy I want my life to come in easy breath I want to live with a better Give you all that I am In part of my heart, Jesus I place in your hands I want to live with a better
believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And He's coming back again. We believe. So let our faith be more than anthems. Greater than the songs we sing. In our weakness and temptations, we believe. We believe, believe in the God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And He's coming back again. Let the lost be found, let the dead be raised, and the here and now, the loving face, let the church of loud and God unsafe. We believe, we believe, and the gates of hell will not prevail, and the power of God has turned the veil, and you know your love will never fail. We believe, we believe. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in crucifixion. We believe in the King of death. We believe in the resurrection. And He's coming back. He's coming back again. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And He's coming back again. Told you you're not good enough. When he told you you're not right. When he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight. When he told you you're not worthy. When he told you you're not loved. When he told you you're not beautiful. You'll never be known. The lion, he can take your brain, stop you in your sins. And he, he is a liar, he will rob your rest, steal your happiness, steal your fear. 
your Bibles this morning, go with me to the book of Philippians, and we're going to be in chapter 4, verse 4, but before we read the text, let me build a quick foundation for this message by talking a little bit about the word joy, because we're going to be focusing on one verse today, and this verse will hopefully help each and every one of us get back to that certain place that some of us may have left and been away from for a long time. In fact, it's very easy for us to drift away from this certain place. I like the words of David in Psalms 94 and 19. Now, you'll notice that our sermon today is filled with a bunch of verses that I do not know. I know them but have not memorized them, so I like it because it keeps me closer to my, my notes. So let's try to stay close to here instead of trying to quote all this word. Psalms 94 and 19, David said, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me what? Joy. Because see, when our minds and our, which is our souls, when, when our minds or our soul begins to drift around in this thing called life, we live in a world that's full of stress and worries and anxieties. We live in a place where Nothing is very certain except the word of God. Can I get an amen? 
And, and when our minds begin to wander around through this thing called life, we, we begin to find that we begin to lose our joy. When God has called us in his word to live a life that is full of joy. That's called being joyful. Can I get an amen? The Habakkuk writer says, the prophet of God, 318, he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. And let me go ahead and give you the title of our lesson today, which is returning to your joy. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, your joy is still there. But it's your responsibility to go back there and get it. Can I get an amen? Now, if you lose your joy, you'll find that it's a very devastating thing to happen because the Bible teaches us in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verse 10, the second part says that the, the joy of the Lord is our strength. In other words, when you lose your joy, you begin to lose the important thing called strength. Now, the best illustration that I can give is I, I think about many loved ones in my life as I begin to see the people I love so much as they begin to get older and older and older. And the older they get, the more strength they begin to lose. And the things that they, that was so easy for them to do when they were young become very difficult. And it's hard to see, like my wife's grandmother, one time she was like, you know, able to do anything, but... But now she's 90 and, and now she's lost a lot of strength. She can no longer do what she used to do when we, when I first came to know her. And it saddens my heart. But praise God, one day we'll be in heaven. We'll get all that strength back for sure. But that's, that's what I focus on when, when I think about the worldly joy. But I, I'm reminded as a man of God of Moses. The Bible teaches us that Moses songs, I think it's Deuteronomy 34 and 7. Yes. Says Moses was 120 years old, yet he did not lose his strength. His eyes did not grow weak, nor his strength was gone. Here he was 120 years old and still vibrant, still strong, still able to do the things he did as a young man. Now we have a choice in life. We can't stop time. We can't stop the process of growing old, but we can keep our strength. Many people wonder, how in the world are you still doing what you did back in the 80s? Well, I'm not quite doing as well as I was doing it back then, but I'm still doing it because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Some men trust in horses and some men trust in chariots. Oh, but I trust in the name of the Lord God Almighty. And if God under the old covenant would give Moses the strength he had as a young man at 120, why wouldn't he do it for me under the new covenant with Christ? So I think that as long as we stay connected to the word of God, we stay in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay focused to the word of God, then you and I can remain strong all the days of our life. 
Don't be surprised if I'm 75 year old still rocking. Amen. It might look a little funny, but the Lord is my strength. And so we come to our text today, and I want you to go ahead and stand with me. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. That was our foundation. If you got your place, say amen. The apostle Paul, he simply says these words. Rejoice. In the Lord always, I'll say it again, rejoice. Let us pray. Father, I rejoice in your word today. I'm excited, Lord, to know that you have called me as your spokesman. I'm hearing the anointing of the Holy Spirit To speak the oracles of God to your people. Your word says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Lord, even as I leave this church today, there's a young man whose life is on the line. Stage four cancer. That's the report that the world gives him. Gives him a short time to live. But Lord, I'm not focused on this world's report today. I'm focused on the one that's able to do far and beyond what we even ask or imagine. I'm reminded many years ago, Lord, a man called me dying with the same thing. Walked into his house, Father. He is as yellow as the center of a cantaloupe. And I'm thinking in my flesh, how can this man live? But the spirit of God that sent me, even now as I pray, says, speak life over this vessel. And Lord, here it's been almost 20 years. He's still living when the doctor said it would not be. Father, in the same way today, some of us are dying inside, needing a touch from the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I speak to oracles of God over their life today in the anointing of God that you placed upon me. Lord, I'm a vessel of clay and I just pray that you would use me in a mighty way to touch each and every one today in the powerful name of Christ. Now have your way in this service and hide your servant behind the cross. And we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. And amen, you may be seated. We we must begin, first of all, with the first word of our text. It's the word rejoice. Isn't it interesting how God begins this text with the word rejoice, but he also ends the same verse with the same word. Rejoice in the Lord always, I say it again. Rejoice. And if God, he, he, he begins, if he begins to tell us something once in our life, we need to listen to what God is saying. But anytime that you find that God is repeating himself, you need to take note of it. Because I'm sure there's a reason for it. I'm sure that it's very important for us to know. And God, he starts with rejoice. 
He ends with rejoice. So I'm thinking to myself that that maybe in the process of life, you and I, in the center of all things, we don't need to just start with rejoicing and ending with rejoicing, but all through our lives, we should spend it by rejoicing in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. Are you with me this morning? The Apostle Paul, he tells us in 2 Timothy 4 and 7. And I'm not, I'm not even sure why I wrote this verse down, but I'm sure the moment I speak it, the Holy Spirit will give me wisdom on why. He said, I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. Come on, amen. And, and if, if God tells me to speak that word, it may not even go with the sermon. But there had to be a reason for it. And I hope that one day when I finally leave this earth, if I even have a tombstone, I don't even care. But if there is one, don't put my name on it. Just put, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. Because my name does not mean anything. It will not mean nothing in the future or in the past. But the word of God shall not return void. But it shall accomplish that which it pleases and the purpose for which God has sent it. Hallelujah. David writes in Psalms 19 and 18. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. He says the precepts of the Lord are right. Giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant. Giving light to the eyes. When you wake up in the morning, you you open your eyes and you can see the light of the sun coming through your shades or your curtains. You ought to have some joy because God has given you the gift of seeing. But unfortunately, we live in a world that has eyes and cannot see and ears and cannot hear. Are you listening this morning? Let me say amen. But we have to ask ourselves, what exactly does the word rejoice means? Because the only way that we can tell that if we have joy in our life is determine what it actually means. If we, if we can't, if we can't give a definition of it, then we really don't know what it is to rejoice. I'm looking into the Greek language this week and I find the word called ero. Called ero. It simply means to be full of cheer, to be full of happiness, to be very glad about something. But it also means to be completely full of joy. So what is it today that our hearts are full of? Has has the world gripped you so tight that your heart is full? Of stress, worries, and anxiety? Are you worried about tomorrow? Are you worried about even today? Is your heart so full of these things that that's all you can grip onto? Because God, he's telling, I want you to fill your life with joy. Because when you're full of joy, that means you're full of the strength of the Lord. You can take anything from a man or a woman of God. You can take it away from them. But you cannot take their joy. Because their their happiness is not inside the material things of this world. 
but their happiness is, is in something that is unseen. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is in eternal. My joy is in the Lord. And so my heart is full of the things of the the word of God. David said, Lord, I've I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's what you fill yourself up with will determine how you live your life. If you fill your life with all the things of this world, I can promise you, you may have a little joy here and there, but I can promise you that joy will not last you. And one of the main problems is, is that we're dealing with that enemy. We know who he is. I don't even call his name because you all know him. I like the old preachers calling him old Slewfoot. Hallelujah. That's a good name for him, Slewfoot. Because he comes to steal your joy. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy your joy. Every time you try to have joy, the enemy comes in like a flood. But my Bible said that God raises up the standard. In other words, when the enemy comes in at this level, God continues to raise you above where you can breathe in the joy of the Lord. Yesterday, I don't know what it was, what caused it, but I I woke up with so much happiness and so much contentness and so much joy in my life. I was just bubbly feeling. And it wasn't long before I got off in my prayer room that the enemy was even waiting there. And he tries to to take the joy right away from me through something that I saw. And that's why you shouldn't bring your phone into the prayer room. Come on, amen. Because it has access to things you don't even need to be looking at. But the moment that I began to recognize that something was there to steal my joy, I just stood up at my desk and said, devil, the Lord rebuke you. Come on, amen. You're not going to get my joy. You're not going to get my happiness. You're not going to take what does not belong to you. I'm a child of the living God. I've been bought and paid for by the blood of the lamb. What authority do you have here? Devil, get behind me. (laughs) Come on, amen. And we find in the book of Genesis 4, 6, and 7 that, that, that the enemy is being used by a young man by, by the name of Cain. Because you see, your emotions, your emotions will take control of you. Your emotions will, will cause you to do things that you do not want to do spiritually. But naturally, your emotions will cause you to get angry. Your, your emotions will cause you not to be able to, to do the good things that God has called you to do. And we find that, that Abel and Cain, they both brought their sacrifices unto God, but God was not pleased with the sacrifice of Cain. And so Cain is angry. His emotions, the enemy, the devil is, is pulling on his emotions. And so God simply speaks these words. He says, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. 
It desires to have you, but you must master it. Sin is waiting for us day after day to steal your joy. And we wonder why we can't be full of joy because we're constantly dealing with something that's pulling our emotions. You go to work mad at your wife or go to work mad at your husband. I can promise you, you will not be very successful. Your boss may even fire you because you're not doing the job that you're called to do. The enemy will take your emotions and just pull you down. I'm reading here in Psalms 30 and 11. That God can change your emotions. Through the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. David said, you turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. That my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. Forever. So hopefully God is giving us a formula here, a formula how to, to, to get back that joy we had. But the question is this. When did your joy actually begin? Because if you can't answer that, then, then maybe you have never stepped into the joy of the Lord. I often wonder who has ever experienced true joy. Let's look at Psalms 95 and 1. David said, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Everybody say salvation. Jeremiah 15, 16. Jeremiah says, when your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. For I bear what? I bear your name, Lord God Almighty. And so here David and Jeremiah are in unison because they're telling us about where the true joy comes from. In other words, if you don't have true joy in your life, then maybe you don't truly have what David and Jeremiah is talking about. And that is the salvation that comes through the word of God. And when I say the word of God, I'm not just speaking of the scriptures themselves, but I'm talking about the word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. Am I repeating myself? I hope so. Because the Word was God, manifested in the flesh, justified by the Spirit, seen of angels and preaching to the Gentiles, and believed in the world, and received up into glory. Hallelujah. So my, my joy, my true joy began in 97 when I came to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. Now the problem was that, that I have always believed in Jesus. Ever since I was a little boy, I believed in Jesus. And even when I was touring back in the 80s, I believed in Jesus. I didn't fear Jesus, but I believed in him. But it's until I finally came to the place in 97 when I surrendered to Jesus. Oh, the devil believes in Jesus, yet he shudders. He trembles 
But he has never surrendered to Jesus. And that's the key right there. Our strength is in the Lord when we come to that place of surrendering all. God, I, I give it all to you. I lay it all at your feet. I surrender my life to yours. Not my will, but your will be done. Jesus gives us a key about how to return to our joy in the book of Revelation when he's, he's basically rebuking the church of Ephesus, who at one time was doing so well. But I want you to listen to this first part, and as I read it, you will see that this is just like us in so many ways. I can see myself even in this text. God says, I know your deeds. I know your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people that have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. Yet, I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Verse 5. Here's the key. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from his place. Now, when I look at this personally, I look look at it for what it really is. It's talking about my relationship with Christ. And so when I look at this, I also have to look at my personal relationship with my wife. Because my relationship with my wife today is not really the same as it was when we first began. Unfortunately, I don't do the things that I did at first. And unfortunately, neither does she. Did you know that this is one of the main reasons why men leave their wives? Because their wife has lost their first love. They have left the things they did at first. See, a man, he, he lives for this. A compliment. Honey, you look nice today. How simple that is to say. I'm impressed by how hard you work, honey. It's those little things that, that a man desires to have because a woman can build a man up. He could walk through walls. But with her lack of telling him anything that he needs to hear, he begins to lose his, he's insecure inside. Maybe I don't look good no more. I don't begin to look very good to myself anymore. He begins to get low on himself. Oh, but then she comes in. pow And she begins to tell him, oh, honey, you looking good today. I do. And it's those little words that he used to hear long ago is what she's whispering in his ears. And now he's feeling good about himself, but he's no longer focused on what's important, his own wife. And so God is telling us that that we got to return back to that place, our first love. In other words... We should go back to that time with our wives and tell them, baby, I love you. You're beautiful. Maybe buy a flower every once in a while. 
Give her a little card and tell her how sweet she really is and how much you appreciate her for her hard work. Otherwise, there'll be somebody else there be telling her what you're not telling her. Can I get an ouch or amen? And, and I'm just saying it because when we first came to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we were excited about the gospel. We were excited about the word of God. When we first came and fell in love with Jesus, all we wanted to do was consume the word of God. But as we begin to get long in this relationship with him, we begin to forget our first love. And the things of God is no longer important to us. So guess what? We lose our joy. We lose our happiness. We lose our strength. And we just go through the motions of going to church. But really inside, the fire is going out. When we need to rekindle that fire, we need to rebuild it. We need to return to the things we did at first. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time glorifying our God for what he really is. I find strength in God when I fall on my face and I begin to tell him about how thankful I am for who he is. You know, last week I I was down and out, hurting inside deeply. And I'm thinking to myself, how does a man of God come from here to there feeling that way and stand up before God's people feeling hurt and, and, and destroyed inside. How do you talk about the love of God when feeling this way? The only way to do that is to return to your joy. Go back to that place, not here physically, but deep in your mind, you remember that first love. I may be your pastor, but still have, just like you guys, have emotions that pulling me. Tammy Cadner came up here and said, Pastor, you okay? You can do this. You can do this. She knew it. She could see it in my countenance. Like God saw Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, what's right for me? What's right for me to get my joy is I got to return to where I started. And if you go back and you listen to that message, you're going to hear at the beginning, I began to struggle even with the words that I speak. But you'll notice that the closer I began to draw to God, the stronger I became. It's like that little train. I think I can. Come on, amen. I think I think I can. I I know I can. I I know I can. And I begin to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. And some of you right now, you feel like you can't even turn your wheels. Begin to return back to that place when Jesus got hold of your life. And I can promise you, you will begin to feel the joy of the Lord begin to rise up inside of your heart. And we need to get to that place and we need to stand to rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice, return to that place, the place of the cross where you laid it all down and said, I surrender all. I give it all to you, God. 
We know the words of Isaiah in 40, 31. I'm sorry I'm way off my notes, but who cares? The Holy Ghost is just driving me. I'm good. Good to go here. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their... Oh, hallelujah. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. The joy of the Lord is our what? Strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. When God's not moving in your life the way you want him to move, just wait. Just trust. God does not move on our timing. We, we don't control his words. We don't tell him when to move, how to move. He's God. And so when he's not moving fast enough, we have the responsibility to keep our joy and wait. And as we wait, we know we will be renewed because his word tells us. I'm going to be renewed in my strength. Regardless of how many emotions are being pulled, you're mad, you're angry, you're upset, you're down and out, you're worried. Emotions. We are called to walk by faith, not by sight. I can't look at how I feel. If I'm looking how I feel, I I will walk out defeated. Walk out of that prayer room mad and defeated, hating everybody. Be like Scrooge, I hate people. Come on in, have you ever felt that way? I'm just alone here. Sometimes you just get to that place where you just want to go to an island by yourself. I'd rather have a bunch of palm trees and waves. I don't want people. My favorite person of the church is that little black dog. (laughs) Yeah, because I know that little dog will never come against me. He'll always be there just for me waiting for the sermon. He's asleep now. I must not be doing my thing. <laughs> no, he's doing it. <laughs> Amen. But I'm going to close with this. What happened to time? Ooh, that must have been a good message. I don't remember none of it. Let's talk about the prodigal son for a moment. I'm not going to read the story because we've read it before over and over and over. Some of you know it well as I do or better. Let's just kind of paraphrase it a little bit. Let's think about his life. He thought, he thought that his joy was away from the house. My joy is out there somewhere. He thought that his joy was in his money. But my Bible says, but, but godliness will contemn it as great gain. For you brought nothing into this world, and you can take nothing out of it. But if you have food and clothing, you should be content with that. 
People who want to get rich fall into temptation, into a trap, into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. He's thinking, oh, I want to get away, get away from it all. I want my money. I'm going to be happy. And so he thinks that his joy is out there. Then all of a sudden he has money. He's away from what he thought had him bound. And now he has friends. The party's kicking. But it's unusual how when the money runs out, so does the friends. And so here he is a long way from home. Down and out with no joy. He's in the pigsty. But the good news is, is that he begins to remember where he came from. (laughs) Yes. And he's thinking to himself, here I am in a pigsty. In a place where nobody loves me. And all I got to do is go back home. Go back to the place where I had joy and didn't even realize it. And so he makes his way home and there waiting for him is the father. Comes running toward him, wraps his arms around his neck and kisses him saying, bring the fatty calf. Put a robe on his back, put the ring and sandals on his feet and hands. See, our joy is not out there. Our joy is at home with the Father. I've watched these programs. This is coming from the Holy Ghost. Y'all stay with me. I watched these programs about hoarders. It's amazing how much someone could put in their house. And I've always thought to myself, how do they find anything? But they keep bringing more and more stuff in. And they still try to live a normal life, but they can't even hardly go through the house. Because it's, it's piled up with newspapers and stuff they can't get rid of. And I'm, 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 I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say today, why do you keep bringing all this junk into your house? You're, you're covering up all your joy With stuff you can't even find your joy. You're like a hoarder. Oh, glory be to God. And so we need to have a a sale here. We need to get rid of some stuff. So we get back to that place, go back home like the prodigal son, and find our joy once again. It's there. My definition of, of rejoice is simply to return to your joy. Go back to that place where it began. It's waiting for us. We got to go through some stuff. We done hoarded up all the junk of this world. Things we don't even need. When we leave here, we can't take it with us. Can we? I've done some funerals before. I've never seen the U-Haul behind the hearse. Come on, amen. I've never have. I've never looked in the coffin and seen anybody with anything. You might put a coin in his hand, but it's not going to do him no good or her. 
We're funny people, aren't we? But we think if we have some more, 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 we always love more, more ice cream. I'm hungry. Let's talk about food. No. <laughs> but, but we need to get back to that place. First, we go here in our minds. If we can't go there in our minds, then we probably never had it. If you can't recall a day in your life when you came and gave your life to Christ, you've never, never ever done it. Don't tell me about a baptism service. I don't want to hear about that. That comes second. I want to know, have you had that experience with Christ where you said, I'm tired of running. I'm coming home, Father. Save me from my sin. You go back to that place. I don't know what year it was for you, but I I have to go back to 97. And I have to see myself getting up out of my chair and making my way to the front, Carrie Paul up there preaching. And I find myself falling on the altar again. I go back to that place and I begin to see the same old tears, the tears of joy. The tears of that, that were not of pain, but the tears of joy saying, I am free. Free. When the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. Free from what? We're free from the things that keeps us bound to this world. Sin and suffering, we're free from that. We have inside of us eternal life. Inside of us, we're already in the presence of God in heaven. Inside of us, we're already there by faith. God sees us there already, forgiven. But but we're so, so bound in this little house. Bring more junk in. Can't even move. Have you ever been in a house that's full? Years, I'm sorry I'm rattling, but years ago, we had went to this home, and I thought it was vacant. And we were cutting off somebody's gas and doing a kill, kill service. I'd like to go and find, see if there's a shotgun left in the closet or what else. So sometimes we'd walk in there and look around. But I walked in, and it was full of stuff. It was a hoarder. Now, on the outside, it looked immaculate. The yard was cut, the flower beds was done, but the moment I walked in, you could hear the bugs running over the kitchen. I'm thinking, my Lord. And then, and I started hollering, hey, is anybody in here? I'm knocking. And then this little girl, she comes out. She's left there alone. This is true. I said, are you okay? Do you, do you live here? Yes, sir, I live here. A lady comes across the street. She said, oh, she babysits for him. Is everything okay? And I said, well, no, it's not okay. Because have you looked in her house? And she looked and she said, oh, I had no idea. See, that's us. We got everybody fooled on the outside. Looking good, walking around like everything's perfect, but going on the inside is full of all this. Stuff that we can't let go. We got some pornography over here. Come on, we got some addictions over here. We got whatever it is that holds us down and we just can't let it go. 
And we wonder why we can't return to our joy. Anybody listening? But today, you have the opportunity to be free. 1 John 1, 9. If you'll confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive your sins and purify you from all unrighteousness. It's like we come to God with a house full of junk. We confess our wrongs. God takes the house with the blood of the lamb and it's spotless, it's pure, it's holy, it's clean. And then we walk out of here and we start putting stuff back in there. Come on, amen. Let's leave here today with a clean slate. Let's confess it. Let's get it off of us. But when the enemy comes to bring you something that you really don't need, junk on TV, junk in the magazine, junk here and there, say, no, this house is closed. It's only open to the power of God in his word. Let's all stand. Let's all do this this morning. I want you to take the hand of your neighbor this morning. Let's all stand together like a family. Let's hold each other's hand right now. Just reach out. Father, we come before you this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And as we hold our brother and our sister's hand, Lord, we all stand in agreement that we all have junk in our house. We can't find the joy because it's covered up in junk. But right now we confess our sins in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody say, I confess it right now. And Father, we lay it down right now at the cross. And we're going to leave it there. And right now, by the name of Jesus, I ask you just pour out the blood upon us. Purify us from all unrighteousness, all ungodliness, all worldly lust, or whatever it is that has us. And right now, we're going to leave this building the same way we were when we first came to know you because we're returning to our first love. And God, we praise you right now in the mighty name of Jesus for the forgiveness of all our wickedness. Today, we are new creations again. We're renewed. We're restored. We're refreshed. We're resalted. We praise you now. And God's people said, Amen. And amen. You guys have a blessed week. We'll see you next week.